Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Cara, acne can be tough. Whether your kid is just starting to get breakouts or has been struggling with them for years, there's a great product that can help. Phyla is the ultimate game changer. It tackles acne right at its root cause, rebalancing the skin's bacteria and packing it with probiotic phages. Phyla harnesses the superpowers of probiotics, tiny warriors targeting and wiping out the acne-causing bacteria. In studies, Phyla slashed acne-causing bacteria by a whopping 90%. Phyla doesn't just fix acne you can see. It stops new breakouts in their tracks. It has no harsh chemicals and won't irritate or dry most skin. Phyla's three-step system is like a dermatologist-approved magic potion. Cleanse, apply serum, and moisturize twice a day. As a special treat for our listeners, you can grab 25% off your first order of Phyla. Head over to phylabiotics.com, enter code PUBERTY at checkout, and kickstart your family's journey to acne-free skin. Check out the link in our show notes for quick access. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Cara Natterson. And I'm Vanessa Cole bennett Each week, we dive into the what and how of raising kids through puberty, that roller coaster of physical and emotional shifts for kids and parents alike. Combining reliable science and relatable parenting strategies, we will all learn about, laugh about, and yes, maybe even cry about adolescence, ours and theirs. Jessica Yellen is the creator of News Not Noise, a platform which is transforming the way people consume news, separating news from noise, and delivering smart, succinct context on the big issues right to your phone. The author of Savage News, the political journalist Emmy, Gracie, and Peabody award-winning career includes reporting for CNN as the former chief White House correspondent during President Obama's administration, and prior to CNN as a White House correspondent at ABC News and an overnight anchor and correspondent at MSNBC. Maybe the most important way to introduce Jessica, though, is as my lifelong friend. We have known each other since we were (laughs) very little. We went to high school together. We went to college together. And I have fangirled over her ever since we left college and she broke into journalism. And I'm so happy to have you here. And Vanessa is so happy to have you here. Welcome, Jessica. That is the kindest intro. My gosh, thank you. It's okay. a treat to be with you guys. Cara gives good intro. She thank does you. give good intro. Yeah, really. <laughs> I try. I work hard. I want to borrow that. <laughs> so, Jessica, we are recording on March 3rd, 2022. We are hoping this episode will come out tomorrow, March 4th, 2022. At the time of our recording, where are we? In the news, quick overview before we dive into the how, let's talk about the what. Where are we in this moment with the war in Ukraine? Right now, uh, we are watching a defiant and frankly, 
remarkable Ukrainian leadership maintaining control over his forces and his people in a country that is besieged by Russian forces. Um, We've been watching a convoy that's something I haven't seen in my career, and most military experts who are talking about this have not seen it either. A 40-plus mile-long convoy of Russian trucks that seem to be headed, tanks that seem to be headed to Kiev, but has stalled now for days outside of Kiev. And so it's a reflection of some of the problems Russia is having with, frankly, with its armed forces. I interviewed a military expert who said that Russia's uh, military assault has been an embarrassment, that they have completely failed to date to meet their objectives. And so they've reoriented and now they're driving an attack from the south rising up toward Kiev from a different direction. The headline on all this, the takeaway is Russia continues its assault. It's becoming more brutal and deadly. And everybody who understands believes that at some point they will get to Kiev and without more outside support from the West, we'll be able to topple the government. Okay. So with that in mind, um, two of our previous guests on the Puberty Podcast have published really wonderful pieces this week about talking to school-age kids about the war. Um, And we will put links in the show notes so that people can read those. Um, Aliza Pressman from Raising Good Humans um, has a bulletin newsletter, and Melinda Wenner-Moyer has a Substack newsletter, and both of them cover those topics beautifully. In Melinda's piece, she talks about sort of four top-line points in terms of communicating with kids, one being take cues from your kid, basically about what they want to know. The second, look for signs that your kid is feeling anxious. The third, don't bombard them with news or scary images. And the fourth is to get to the root of their fear. The reason we invited you on is that we have a slightly older parent audience. We have parents of kids who are tweens and teens. These kids have phones. They have laptops. They have tons of access to news and good and bad information out there. And we thought what would be invaluable is for parents and the adults in the lives of these kids to begin to understand how to help their kids get good information from someone whose entire career is dedicated to sorting through information. So thank you for helping us do that. Jessica, we want to get your guidance about what is important for teens to know about what is happening and what is extraneous stuff that we don't need to pile on for kids who are already feeling anxious, overwhelmed, and stressed, right? It's our responsibility as their parents to make them good citizens of the world. However, we need to be sensitive to where they are. So if we take the current example of the war in Ukraine, What's critical that they know? How do we frame it? And what can we leave out to keep them kind of healthy and safe? So I'm going to say my normal frame is news versus noise. And please remind me to come back to that if I don't get to it. I think in the case of Ukraine, it's important to acknowledge that anybody who has a phone and anybody who lives on their phone, as most teens that I know do, is getting bombarded with information right now, a lot of which is disinformation. A lot of it is pretty violent and scary. And so I'm a pragmatist and I always err on the side of be real 
And my expectation is, even if you want to shield your children from the horrors of what is happening or what might soon happen, you can't because they're getting it on their phone. And so you may as well have the conversation and explain to them what is going on, what this means in history, in a big picture context, thinking about World War II and about our, like, what are our obligations as allies and humans to other countries? And then how to be smart about what you see on your phone. Those are all sort of like, we could talk about any of those for a while. Go ahead. Can you give us some language? So some of us, this is our expertise, and some of us may not be knowledgeable in history or current events. Can you give our listeners a little bit of language to contextualize for their kids you know, in relationship to World War II or in relationship to the evolving nature of NATO, how can parents say to their kids, like, this is why this is important, or this is why this is frightening, or this is why we want you to know about this? What's some language that that folks can use? Sure. Well, one, democratic nations have protected one another and stand for one another's freedom. And this is a democratic nation. It's had corruption. It's had issues. Okay. But it is a a free country that has been attacked and invaded from the outside by a ferocious superpower that wants to defeat its democracy. And simply for that reason, it is worth our time and attention and concern. Separate from that, let's go quickly back to the history of the world wars. And in each of the world wars of the last century, it's been the case that we decided we didn't want to get involved because that was over there and it wasn't here. And the wars grew larger and larger and involved so many people and so many of our allies. And then the larger global economy, we couldn't help but get involved. And by the time we did, it was very, very late and the death tolls became astronomical. So one of the arguments people make is intervene early and quickly to sort of stop the bloodshed, suffer some consequences yourself to prevent a world war. And then more specifically, gosh, there's two pieces. There's the Nazis. So Hitler in particular said at one point, I'm going to take a country and just let me have that country and leave me alone. And I'm not going to do anything else. And the world kind of didn't intervene. Let him take the country. And then it spun out into World War II and the Holocaust happened. And a lot of what we're hearing now is this sort of like the comparison is would letting Putin take Ukraine be similar? And do we stop that now before it spins out into something much larger? The other piece of that is a lot of these countries around Russia used to be part of the Soviet empire. And they were controlled by the Kremlin and the Soviet Union when it was a large communist superpower. And in the late 80s and then the 90s, those smaller countries broke free from the USSR when the USSR collapsed and became Russia. And they're independent states now. And that included Ukraine, which is not in NATO, but includes many, many countries that are in NATO, like Poland, Lithuania, Latvia, all these countries. And there's a fear that if Putin takes Ukraine and topples the government, that he'll then roll into some of these other former Soviet countries and try to topple them as well. Those are NATO nations. The U.S. has said we commit to sending forces to defend NATO nations. And so the argument there is, if we don't stop the invasion in Ukraine, U.S. will have to send troops to protect Poland, Lithuania, Latvia, if Putin goes there. I'll stop there. You you see why the stakes are so high. They're so high. And 
I want to go back to the concept of news, not noise, to touch on that in the context of this war being so unique because it is playing out in real time on screens. So can you talk a little bit about the concept of news, not noise, and then can you help us point teens and young adults to some of your favorite news sources? And how do those look different? Because this is this is just bananas, the, the, the way we're watching this in real time. Vanessa, we literally have three minutes to eat lunch every day. I am not joking. And the challenge is how to make it delicious and healthy and still fit into that tiny window. Our answer is factors ready to eat meals. They have been a godsend. We throw our factor meals in the microwave. It takes two minutes and out comes a gorgeous, fresh, never frozen meal. We both love the tamale vegetarian one. It's delish. There's a ton of options every week. There's 60 add-ons, breakfast, snacks, beverages. I love doing the wellness shots with my kids. They think it's hilarious. And I know they're getting vitamins and minerals in their bodies. So get meals on your table or at your desk in two minutes or less. Factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. You can customize with flexibility to get as much or as little as you need, and you can press pause or reschedule depending upon your lifestyle. So to order, go to factormeals.com slash puberty50 and use the code puberty50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That code is puberty50 at factormeals.com slash puberty50 to get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next box. And I am going to go do that right now because I need more factor meals in my refrigerator. Cara, lately I have been lying awake at night. I'm physically exhausted, but I can't sleep because my mind is so wired with everything going on between work and my family. So I've added magnesium breakthrough to my nightly routine and it actually helps calm my mind. It helps me get better sleep and I wake up feeling better rested. I'm less cranky. And I'm more patient with my family and with you. Oh, I've noticed. (laughs) And it's because unlike other magnesium supplements that might give one or two formulations of magnesium, Magnesium Breakthrough has seven. That's why you're sleeping so well and waking up refreshed. Now, dietary supplementation is always best, Vanessa. So that means eating your minerals and vitamins is the best way to get them in. But if you can't or you don't get enough, Magnesium Breakthrough is the way to go. It can also help digestion, though too much helps your digestion too much, which is not a good thing. It can support muscle recovery. So bye-bye, Charlie Horses. And it helps build dense bones, which is especially important for women approaching and in menopause. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can go to buyoptimizers.com slash puberty, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com slash puberty. And you can use the code PUBERTY10 during checkout to save 10%. That promo code is PUBERTY10 at buyoptimizers.com slash puberty. Your body and brain and family and business partner will thank you. Cara, my kids love Magic Spoon cereal, and even though it's cereal, they actually love it as a homework snack. The variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter, and fruity is the favorite flavor in my house. 
Now, this pack has zero grams of sugar, between 13 and 14 grams of protein, and between four and five grams of net carbs per serving. It's made with wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes, and it's high in protein, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So a great choice, Vanessa. You can go to magicspoon.com slash puberty to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our, you guessed it, promo code puberty at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident you're going to love their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. They do not want you to send their cereal back to them. Try a bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash puberty and use the code puberty to save $5. So I have to say as a sort of as a journalist and a person who covers this stuff, it's remarkable what the Ukrainians have done. They are exceptional at social media and they have been waging a propaganda war on social media in part to penetrate Russian state TV, right? Russia controls the airways and puts out their own propaganda and through the TV networks in Russia and the Ukrainians are going in through social media on people's phones to reach families and it's getting to us too. So backing up, you asked me to talk about news, not noise. The overarching idea I say is I want to give you information, not a panic attack. (laughs) When I was coming up in the news, I was constantly told, you know, news is conflict, news is drama, news is fighting, news is war, news is two people at each other. And, And I always felt like there was a large audience that was turned off by that. And you want, I don't want the fighting, I want the facts. I don't want the drama. I just want to understand. And so I kind of thought, is there a way to re-engineer this? So I tell you the news in a way that's clear, fact-filled, but not boring. You You get why it's interesting. And you have enough information so that you can have a conversation with someone else. You can develop an opinion on this. You can pick up an article. And I've done that in part by stripping out the hysteria, sort of like the over-the-top language, manipulative stories, and sort of polarized fighting, the partisanship and negativity. All of that's pretty clear how to do that when you're covering sort of domestic politics, COVID, these polarized issues domestically. It's challenging to figure out how to do that with a war. And, And I'll just let you in a little bit on our internal conversations, you know, I want to give you information, not a panic attack. But if I'm talking to you about genocide, the possibility of genocide, that's anxiety making. And I, you know, think about it's not my job to protect my my audience from all the evils of the world. It's my job to let you know about what's happening in a way that's grounded, substantive and empowers you because you think you now have information to make decisions. And I think that's a fair frame for parents, too. Like, I can't protect my kids from all the dangers and evils of the world, but I'll give you the information in a way that's in context so you feel strong and informed enough to make decisions, have conversations, and learn more. One of the things I appreciate about the way you're covering it, and I follow you, your Instagram account, and it's terrific. It's actually how I get my news during the day, during a busy day. I can just follow your Instagram feed. And you're also talking about moments of heroism and moments of self 
sufficiency and pride and resilience, right? You're, you're drawing on other values that balance out the frightening set of values that are causing this invasion and this violation of democracy. And so I appreciate the ways in which you're bringing those stories to the front and other folks are bringing those stories to the front and not just the fear-mongering. And the fear is real, right? We should be afraid. This is frightening. It is affecting our economy and economies all over the world. But you're also bringing up other things that are interesting and exciting. I mean, think about the president of the Ukraine, who he is, and the story of his life and his metamorphosis as someone who was like a comedian and on like Dancing with the Stars, right? We all have the capability of moments of heroism and acts of bravery. And I really appreciate how you bring that forward. And we're seeing so many acts of heroism and just grace, you know, at the border. Poland, which wasn't awesome in world, was not awesome in World War II, has opened its borders and embraced the Ukrainian people. And it's beautiful to see the shelter they're offering them. There's so many stories of, you know, Ukrainians who've never fought, who are saying, I'm turning up to support my country. I think we have to also say that in the story of Zelensky is also a story of a Jew. And there's so much history here of the Jewish people who suffered in Nazi Germany. And then Putin is accusing Ukraine of Nazism, which is mind boggling because it's run by a Jewish leader. And then he assaulted, he launched a missile that decimated part of a Jewish cemetery that remembered a massive horror of the Holocaust. So there is a Holocaust memorial there called Babinyar that was badly damaged um, by a missile from Russia. And Zelensky spoke so beautifully and movingly about this and about the history connecting it all. So I just think it's such a moment to see how history can repeat itself, but through self-awareness, community, and bravery, it doesn't have to. My kids, who you know, follow you on Instagram. I believe they now follow Vladimir Zelensky, as do I. He's, he is a, an incredible force on social media. Who else should we be following to get accurate reports that are not sensational and are not going to raise our blood pressure so, so much? So I like to follow the BBC because I get a a different outsider perspective, not just the U.S. perspective. I believe there's all sorts of, I'm the first to criticize U.S. news networks, but when it comes to war coverage, CNN, NBC, CBS, ABC, they're doing beautiful work. I will tell you that when you follow those feeds, you will see pictures of explosions and sometimes there's carnage too. So keep that in mind when you're deciding whether or not you want your kids to be seeing that. There's a woman named Sharon Saso who does history and she explains history on her Instagram, history teacher. I follow, you know, sometimes you follow like an influencer who's there and they link you to other accounts. So I end up following a lot of war photographers because I trust what they post. And this goes so much to what we've all been talking about. They post pictures of people's faces. I think one of the biggest problems in war coverage is it becomes abstract. Russia has air dominance or not. They're approaching from the South. The bombardment is coming. Photojournalists show us this is a mother and her two children living in a Kiev shelter waiting to see if the bombs fall tonight. And If you're going to be talking to your kids about war, I think it helps to always talk about real people. And that's where you build empathy and connection and understanding. 
And that's why I love to follow photojournalists because they tell such a human story and their ethics are through the roof. They never stage things. You follow a good one. They never stage a thing. It's all captured in the moment. And I can even send you a list of some that are in Ukraine now and worth a follow. I mean, it's amazing that social media has essentially replaced the old primary source. <laughs> you remember we used to go to the library stacks and dig through to the find- microfiche. And, and right? <laughs> and now the the primary source is really <laughs> in the moment. It's on the ground. But, but I will say that one thing that keeps coming up in my home, and I don't think this is atypical, is a flashback to the 80s Cold War fear, true fear of nuclear annihilation. And this, you know, I have very visceral memories of high school and night, sleepless nights thinking about nuclear annihilation and the messaging was everywhere. This is a topic that has never come up for my kids until last week. And because it was not ever at the forefront of the news. And that is something that I think a lot of parents are struggling with, talking about having someone who has put out veiled threats, Putin, who has put out veiled threats and not so veiled threats about nuclear annihilation. Do you have advice there about how anyone, parents or, or just news consumers, can, can manage that? So I'll give you some information. The way I tackle anxiety and fear is by learning more. And when I have more information, I feel somehow manageable to me. I can assess risk. I can make judgments and move forward. So every expert you talk to will tell you that his threat of putting these nukes on high alert is not really all that in that if he wanted to fire off a nuke, he could do it quickly anyway, right? So doing that doesn't really change readiness that much. What it is, is it puts us on notice that he's being a little crazy and he's willing to do anything and back off. One of Putin's, the theories of how he thinks about war is escalate to de-escalate. So he threatens extreme aggression in order to get you to back down. I don't know the likelihood. I feel a nuclear threat is a thing you cannot control or plan for. So this is a perfect example of giving up control and saying, Listen, I'm going to worry about the things in my control, not the things out of my control. That's number one. Number two is it's a good opportunity to learn a little bit about history and what it was like in the Cold War, why we don't want to go back to that. And I'll say something that doesn't get a lot of attention is in the 90s, Ukraine had the third largest nuclear arsenal in the world. And as part of our whole effort to denuclearize the world, the West and Russia came together and said, Ukraine, hey, give up your nukes, give them up. And in return, the West promises a security umbrella. We promise to protect you if you're ever threatened from the outside. Hmm. And they gave up their nukes and now they are more than threatened from the outside and we're offering some limited protection. And so there's a whole question about how should nations handle denuclearizing the future if they look at the Ukraine example and they look at countries that have given up their nukes and haven't gotten full protection from the parties that promised it. It's an interesting point of history and a conversation to have. There's a lot of reasons we're not doing more militarily, and I get into it in my newsletter tonight. But, you know, I just see these as a way to turn something terrible, like the fear of nuclear war, into something substantive is to use it to learn. And it's interesting to learn that history. 
Jessica, we're mindful of your time. You're extremely busy. We have one more question, which is, what do you hope that young people will take away from your content when they watch the news that you're delivering to folks, when you're delivering news, not noise? What do you hope their takeaway is as you educate our American culture going forward? Gosh, I love that question. That this isn't an abstract show or idea. It's not a thing. This is real people going through this threat every waking second of their day. And the world is watching them. And if we can watch this and engage with it by remembering the humanity, these people are like us, just like the people in Syria are like us or people who are facing war in Africa are like us. It's important to see the humanity here. And um, my job, I think, is both to make the jargon and the talk and the developments in news understandable and knowable so that you can act on them and, and feel like you get it, to keep the complexity because things aren't simple. People are constantly asking, like, shouldn't it just be this? You're like, no, it's more complicated than that. So let people see the complexity in the world and accept it. And then always remember the humanity. These are people who are living in fear and there are ways we can help. And so what can we do to help? And part of the way we help is by paying attention and hearing them. You are so amazing. And we are going to let you go back (laughs) to do your day job. But from both of us, thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for your Instagram posts, your interviews, your newsletter, your totally accessible content that I don't know if you realize how many young people are following you. They are following you. They love you. There will be a lot more now, we know, because you, <laughs> you're on the Purity Podcast. <laughs> but we, we adore you. Thank you, Jess. Mutual respect. Huge fan. Jessica, we're going to link to all of your, to your newsletter, to your Instagram, all of that. So folks can start to get the information that will allow them to educate themselves and educate their families about what's going on in the world. Jessica, thank you so, so much. We're so grateful. Thank you both for today and for the work you do, really. It's great to be here. Thanks so much for listening. You can follow us anywhere you get your podcasts. Or check out our Instagram, at The Puberty Podcast. If you have questions or stories to share, email us at thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. And for more puberty info, check out myoomla.com or dynamogirl.com. Bye. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com